Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Growing with Gratitude. My name is Savannah. And I'm Claire. And before we start this off, fifth time's a charm. Sav and I have recorded the same intro five times now because we are actually separate for once, which is a crazy idea for both of us. But um, so anyways, it's our first time recording, like not physically with each other. So we're just apologies in advance. Sav, you want to tell them where you are? Yeah, so definitely apologies. We are having some technical difficulties. We've now been trying to film the first 10 seconds for 30 minutes now. We're kind of struggling. Maybe that just personifies how we feel when we're not together. But like I said, we are not together. Um, Claire and I are in two separate states right now. I am with my family on a vacation in Vermont, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. We're just staying at this beautiful house and we're just surrounded by nature and wilderness just swimming all day and reading I've been reading I've been back into my routine of a book a day which makes me so 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 happy so just reading and hanging out and cooking and having a good time and Claire where are you so unlike Sav I don't know if you heard her background noises of birds chirping but I don't have that right now I am in a dorm room with COVID I, but like for context, before I had COVID, I was doing like this summer program. It was super interesting, but now I am stuck for the next, I'm on day five. So I'm stuck for two more days, which is exciting. Let's cross our fingers. I test negative. Um, but yeah, that's where I am right now. We, Sav and I haven't seen each other in like four, three weeks, four weeks. It's definitely a record. Yeah. It's been a really long time. And it's definitely, it's definitely been hard. I think the worst part about Claire having COVID right now is, like I said, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I have no service. I'm, like, not really on my phone at all. I get service for, like, maybe two hours a day. And so, like, Claire has been so bored out of her mind. And she texts me nonstop. But I don't get the texts until, like, I'll, like, randomly go on my phone. And I'll get, like, a, so many texts from her. And it's like so many questions and things like that. And I feel so bad because I didn't respond, but I just didn't get any of the texts. So it's a little awkward. I wish I could be there more for her, be there more for her. That was eloquent. But so that was a perfect segue into what we wanted to talk about today, which is connection. Like the top, and that's like a human connection, human connection, because connection is like a big, broad topic. But I was listening to something recently. I I can't remember if it was a podcast or, like, a book I read this in. But they said that, like, the only difference between humans and, like, any other species is our ability to form connection. And, no, it's, like, our incredible emotional intelligence, which I interpreted as our ability to form connections with people. Um, I think that we, as a species, like, seek other people, whether it be for reassurance, for, like, comfort just like we like to interact with each other Mm -hmm. um and so yeah connections super important yeah I completely agree I also I think Claire and I actually haven't discussed this so I'm assuming we were reading two different things but I was somehow stumbled upon the scientific journal when I was in New York I was in New York before Vermont and I was reading this like paper article thing that was written by a friend of mine who works who is studying at Columbia and she published this thesis paper kind of deciphering in very scientific terms that I didn't quite understand the complexity of human connections and the ways in which 
humans are far more advanced than their counterparts, say a chimpanzee, where biologically there are so many similarities between the two. But what really differentiates the two species is how humans have such intimate connections with one another. And they've kind of surpassed the primal relationship stat. I don't don't really know how to phrase it. She put it in much better words than I ever could. But she was talking about how other animals are so similar to humans when it comes to like the primal instincts and things like that. But humans have this innate urge to form relationships and bonds with other humans that other species simply haven't evolved to. And those relationships, like, are friendships, family relationships, like, intimate relationships. There's so many, like, nuances and complexities to human relationships and connections that they're just such a crucial aspect to the human experience. I think that was very well said by Sab. But um, I think going off of that, just building connections as a whole, I, I figured, like... I don't know. I've spent a lot of time like thinking and I just, I feel like connections like as it relates to our mental health is also a very big deal. And what I mean by that is like, obviously loneliness like leads to various mental health challenges. And so as me and Sav just want to encourage our listeners to like try their best to make connections, whether it be like hanging out with a new friend, like, meeting new people, like, going to that, like, social gathering you maybe didn't want to go to, like, maybe wanted to stay home and, like, watch TV, which we'll get into. Um, I just think try your best to, like, forge those connections. And even if, like, at the time you may not want to, it's overall beneficial for your well-being. Totally. And the thing about human relationships is they – you're meeting throughout the course of your life you're going to meet so many people you're going to build so many relationships i was reading um it ends with us yesterday that was the book that i read yesterday sorry to interrupt mine literally comes in the mail today because i told you to get it wait also sorry side note i know we're trying to not interrupt each other this is kind of ironic the title but she has another book forever ayla jenkins read forever interrupted is it, tell me if it's good. Tell our audience and our listeners if it's good. Because if it is, that could be a book recommendation. Guys, another pause. Um, some book recommendations I have for you. The books that I've read over the past week. I read Everything But... Uh, uh, sorry. Everyone Worth Knowing by... Um, oh, what? Lauren Weisberger. Yeah, Lauren Weisberger. She's a Cornell alumni. She spoke at the university two years ago or something like that. She's really a really talented writer. She also read The Devil Wears Prada, if you like that oh, kind wow. of book. Yeah, I think, Claire, you'd really like that book. Um, I read It Ends With Us by um, Colleen Moore. And then I read- Isn't it Colleen Bo- Hoover? Yes, it is. Who's Colleen Moore? I don't know, but I just know that because I just ordered it. That's right. Sorry, Claire was correct on that. And then I read Room. I'm not sure the author. Um, it was cinema. It was like made into a cinema performance on Netflix. It's really, really, really good. The book is much better, though. And then the last book I got is The Book Thief, which is much more somber than the other books that I tend to read. It's more of like a, it's a tale of like the Holocaust told through like a different perspective. It's a very powerful book. And then and- me and Sav both. We talked about this last time. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Mm. I think everyone should read it. It was so And good. Malibu Rising. Like, Claire read Malibu Rising. I read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo this one day, and then we switched. 
and then mm-hmm. now we and have I'm both. still reading Malibu Rising but yeah that has been I read both books since. yeah I read both of them like a couple weeks ago and they were really really good I really enjoy Taylor Jenkins read Jenkins reads sorry writing style I think she's a very very good writer for like the young adult female audience so it's also super easy to follow and I'm not saying it's like a mindless read because it's like there's definitely like some substance to the book but like the plot is one in which I can like before bed I don't have to like focus that hard to understand what's happening yeah it's also very entertaining and amusing and the stories actually intertwine which is really fun and I like it a lot okay sorry back to what we were talking about what was my initial point Claire that I was making you were talking about something before books um I don't know Mental health connections, forming connections. Okay. Well, we'll just jump back into something random. But, like, on this trip, for example, I'm, like I said, in the middle of nowhere. I'm only with my family. I've been with my family for, like, two weeks now. Haven't seen any friends or anything like that. And I think it's very easy to feel kind of lonely or to feel like, oh, I miss my friends. Or to have FOMO. That's I think FOMO is one of the most powerful human feelings, especially during your teenage years. Um, I think that that has been kind of fueled in a lot of ways by social media, which we can touch on later. But for me, for example, while I could be succumbing to these like sad, I'm sorry if you hear that in the back, I'm not really sure what that is. Um, if you're succumbing to these like sad feelings of loneliness or it's like, ugh, I wish I was with my friends at a party or these people seem to be having like such a fun summer with their friends and I'm like only with my family. I feel like those feelings are very easy to be plagued by. But for me, I've almost capitalized on the situation because I found it as an opportunity to bond even more with my family. And my younger brother, he's like my best friend. We're like so, so, so similar. Claire knows. Um, And him and I have just been having, like, so much fun because there's, like, nothing to do but be with each other. And, of course, like, we bicker and we have petty little arguments and stuff like that. But it's really important to, like, take advantage of the connections that you do have because although there they may not be many potential, like, connections or relationships to have in the time being, they're still so valuable and so precious. I think also having an absence of connection make you makes you appreciate them even more so like I said I have COVID and I was spending I had like too much connection I'm with a roommate I'm with like I have so many like people here that like I can hang out with on a daily basis like there's never a dull moment never a time when I'm like actually alone which in itself can be overstimulating but that's a separate conversation um, but then I came here for my COVID quarantine and it's just like a complete 180. Now I am, I found myself FaceTiming the same six people over and over again on repeat. Sav is one of them. But um, yeah, I think you don't realize how important connections are until you can't really make them. Absolutely. And while Claire and I are definitely in different positions, I'm like away with my family and she's in, she's actually truly quarantining COVID I do think there is an aspect of me being like quarantine's maybe not the right word but like I'm definitely not seeing my friends I haven't seen my friends in a few weeks now I'm still not going to see them for a few weeks um so like people always say like distance makes the heart grow fonder and it definitely does I think that like when you don't get to see your friends it 
can make those like relationships so much stronger because you really appreciate like you don't appreciate what you had until it's gone not that it's gone of course that's definitely an exaggerative way to put it but the idea still stands that you really value connections when they're not at, like Claire and I for example we see each other every single day and we never really thought anything of it it was kind of just habit to hang out every single day but it kind of has taken the time that we've been apart and we haven't seen each other to really recognize what we were missing well said um now i think we've dropped the word connection at least a hundred times in these 12 minutes of recording and so let's define it because i think there's a big difference between like authentic genuine connection which is what we're preaching and then like the connection air quotes that you can't see that like we've come to like how we've come to define connection as a generation um so I don't want to like sound like a mom and be like social media is terrible but I think we have like a false sense of connection if that makes I I don't know do you know what I mean I completely agree I think that social media in a lot of ways has not only altered but villainized the human connection because it takes what can be so sacred and so loved which is the like precious relationship between two people or two communities it it can even go beyond just two people but it has with through social media it has turned everything into a competition and we have a previous episode on competition particularly social media and competition and we talked a lot about how like when you feel like you're facing this constant uphill battle of never feeling and feel like feeling worthless or hopeless or that you can't really compare to these other people um i think that in a lot of ways social media is to blame for that because while there are so many positives and crucial aspects to like technology and social media as a form of bonding with your friends and loved ones when you're not with them there definitely is the like I talked about earlier like the FOMO aspect of it that can definitely make you feel worse about yourself especially if you're already in a negative headspace yes and this idea goes into comparison a little bit which I know we have an episode on but I was taking Lori Santos's the science of well-being on Coursera and she basically did this study where two people there were two neighbors and one of them all of a sudden had this like big expensive fancy car and one of them kept their normal car and they rated their happiness over the course of like I don't know how long but the people next to the big fancy car obviously rated a lower happiness and then they subbed that car out with like a like a broken car I don't know if you're following me. And then they rated their happiness higher. And so their happiness is relative to whatever the person next to them is and not actually how they feel. And I thought that was very powerful because they're basing their like whole life. I don't know. They're basing their worth in what other people do. And I think that relates and ties back to the social media aspect. You're placing your own worth in like how other people are doing, which is really bad. Yeah, I know exactly what Claire's talking about. I don't know the exact um, what I don't know exactly where she got like that analogy from, but I do really like it. I think that a lot of times, especially as like impressionable young teenagers or young adults, adolescents, we can find ourselves finding our self value. We can derive that from others' value, 
And I think that that is really in a lot of ways cheating ourselves. And it's really unfair because something that my dad has always told me is like, there's always going to be someone smarter. There's always going to be someone. Wait, was it my dad? Maybe it's not my dad. Maybe it was someone else. Maybe it was you, Claire, actually. It was Nancy. Oh, it was Claire's mom who said it. Um, I don't know. I think my dad has said something similar, but I'm not really remembering. But maybe it was Claire's mom who was like, there's always going to be someone like And then I said it in my speech. That's where you heard it. Okay, tangent. There's always going to be someone prettier. There's always going to be someone smarter. There's always going to be someone more athletic. Like, there's always going to be someone better at whatever the specific category is. But there, it's like there doesn't always have to be someone like kinder. I think that's like how the end of like the quote or whatever goes. And I think that in a lot of ways, if we're going to break it down and look at the beginning of the quote, it's like you can't vow you can't put your self worth in someone else's hands because it's just unfair and you're setting yourself up for failure. Like I know there will always be someone prettier than me. There will always be someone better at math than me, someone who can write a better paper than me. Like if you want to look at every single facet of your life, sure, there will be someone who's better at the one specific facet, but they do lack in another one. But when you're kind of spiraling in these hyper fixations of seeing how other people are better than you or more successful or whatever it may be, you tend to overlook their lackings and you put them on this pedestal and simultaneously degrade yourself. And it's just, it's a devastating setup for failure. And it's really, really, really unfair to do to yourself because we as humans and to all you listeners, like everyone is so beautiful in their own way and they have something that they have their their strengths. And of course they have their weaknesses too. We're only human, but we can't, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling now, but I think that the point gets across. Yeah, no, I definitely get the point um, about, like, just everyone embracing, like, I don't know. Like, don't pin yourself up against someone else because it's just, like, harmful to you, and I don't know. Um, And I think Sav, personally, did a great job with completely getting off social media this past spring, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I originally found it annoying because when I tried to send her funny posts or, like, talk to her on Snapchat, I wouldn't get a response. But do you want to share what led you to make that decision? Okay. So, for me, I I don't don't know exactly when it was. I think um, someone who I'm really close to is also, like, against social media and he hasn't really, like, used it for, like, a while. He just thinks it's dumb. And we were having a conversation about it and... I don't remember exactly, but it was just, like, why? Like, on Snapchat, for example, I see my younger brother using it, and it's the same way I used to use it. Like, it's just constantly sending selfies of yourself to other people, and I don't know. I just – I kind of took a step back, and I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I devoting hours on hours on hours of my day to – I'm sorry if this offends you, but absolute nothingness. Like – I was, I was looking at my screen time once. This was in, like, I would probably say, like, March, February or March. And I was looking at my screen time, and it was, like, um, three hours TikTok, three hours Snapchat, three hours Instagram. Like, all of these hours. And it was just so much time from my day that could have been used um, productively. But I was instead sacrificing my precious time, which at that time, I'm sure you guys remember, was a incredibly tumultuous time in Claire and I's academic life because we just had so much rigor in every single facet and quite literally I didn't have the time of day 
to give to these apps. So I kind of just, I cut them out entirely. I deleted Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And I was like, at first I had FOMO for maybe two days. I was like, oh, I miss everything. I miss seeing everything. Then I completely got over it and I don't regret it. And now if something that I find noteworthy that I was like, Sav would like this, I'll screenshot it and give Yeah, Claire does send me screenshots of stuff or she'll send me like links to TikToks. And sometimes I look at them, sometimes I don't. But she always thinks I look at them. Your explanation reminds me a lot. Do you remember when we had that speaker, Victoria Garrick, who was like, she was like, I did everything to get this like perfect photo. It was like probably a cloudy day. I pretended it was sunny. I went outside. Like I had a whole photo shoot, whatever. And then I posted it. And my brother was like, why did you post? Like, she was like obsessing over the likes. And her brother's like, why do you care? And like, yeah, do you remember that? And she was like, and I realized, like, why am I seeking validation from other people? Like, what's the point? Totally. For me, um, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I have like redownloaded Instagram and I do. That's the only social media I have now. And I do like go on it and I do post on it sometimes. But I've taken away the comparative aspect of it. Like every time I post, I just turn off my likes. Like it does it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, tr- I don't really look at them. I don't really look at like my views on my stories or anything like that. Because like we always say, and we've kind of like, we sound like a broken record at this point. Claire said this initially, but like comparison's the thief of joy. Like if you post something, a picture of you with like your friend or a picture of you and like you think it's this cute picture and it's like this sweet thing, post it. Absolutely. Like document it as this like valuable core memory in your life. But when you turn it into something it's not by seeking the validation from others, that's when you're kind of walking the tightrope of toxicity. And that for me, I'm really proud of myself because I think that I, when I took that power away and I started, like I reclaimed the app. I know it sounds really dumb. It sounds like I'm like on this pedestal or whatever, but I really, I'm really not trying to come off that way. I just think that I've taken away that aspect of it and it has made me really enjoy the app again. Whereas before it was Instagram, for example, truly was, whether I recognize it or not, a strong contender in like my own invalidation because I never felt like I was good enough. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's good. I think we need to like try our best to like learn to recognize when like why we're doing something that we do so whether like just like overall cognitive awareness of like what is leading you to post that like is it because you think it's cute like Sav said it's a cute photo and you want to document it or is it because like you want to see if other people also think you look cute like do you know what I mean like yeah and I think that that idea of kind of checking yourself and seeing why you do things I think that that far surpasses just um like social media but and like, things like that it could I think be like that... what you wear like my mom always used to say to me sorry if this wasn't your thought and I'm fully going a different direction like when I used to put on an outfit I would I seek validation in literally every aspect of my life that I need to work on but I used to be like do you like this should I wear this do you like does this match like and it's like do you like it like why yeah. do you need other people to tell you yeah I think another good example something that I definitely struggle with is like if I'm at a restaurant and I'm choosing between two things on the menu and it's like I end up getting like it's I don't know I'm choosing between like a salad and a pasta dish or whatever it's like okay are you getting that salad because 
you think it like looks good or are there like ulterior motives? And I know that that is something that a lot, a lot of people struggle with. And I think that we should touch more on that in a different episode. But I think that that kind of goes to show that it definitely surpasses just social media. And it's really, really important to kind of prioritize doing things for yourself and not for others. And of course, that's a far easier said than done. And it would be very unfair for us to just leave you with that. But I think that we think that when you kind of gain the introspection and you grant yourself the ability to maybe once a day, maybe once a week, once a month, it doesn't matter. Any any time you can just to kind of check with yourself and really see your motives. And if you're doing something for yourself, that's amazing. And that we applaud you for that. But if you're doing something for the root of other people's validation, then maybe see if there's something else that would be better served to you. And then I also think like, I think connection, well, this isn't like a thing. I feel like it's like a known fact, like connection will be stronger when you're not connecting with them via social media. And what I mean by that is I used to go to camp every summer. They would take away your phone. And I think those people are like my, some of my closest friends. And I think it's because I got to know them when I wasn't obsessed over what they would think about me or like my digital presence and like just thought about my actual presence, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you're not focusing on like the picture you're putting out to the world, just like just focusing on like forming bonds and connecting with people authentically, which I think is great. And then Sav and I also wanted to touch on we wanted to bring up a little debate, but not really because we're on the same side. Um, <laughs> it's about FaceTime and like phone calls as a form of connection. Cause like, yes, it's through a digital media, but like we feel like it's different. So do you want to share your stance? Yeah. So I, when I was younger, I used to love FaceTime. I remember when I was, especially in like middle school, like I couldn't, when I would get home from house school, party, I'd... house party. Oh my gosh, I remember that app. But when I was like younger, I was always calling people before bed. I always just had to be calling people, and I don't really remember why. I don't really have any idea what those conversations entailed. But now, like I Facetime, but not like that much. I just don't. I don't know. I. I I. I feel like I phone call more than other people, which I feel like a lot of people don't phone call. I yeah, Sav, like, got me into, like, calling people, like, via the phone, and now I call people, and they're like, what? Like, Yeah, no, I, I call people. I think FaceTime, it's helpful. Like, a good example is, like, yesterday I was in, like, the town with some of my friends in Vermont, and we were trying to find my dad so he could take us home, because he had the car. And he, like, FaceTimed me and was, like, showing me where we are, where he was. And it was, like, really helpful because it was a visual, like, showing where he was. And, of course, like, it's helpful for things like that. And, like, it's great to, like, FaceTime Claire and to see her face because I haven't seen her. Or, like, some friends from home. Like, I FaceTimed with them. But I, I don't think FaceTime's the most authentic connection, at least for me, just I don't know. It's hard to say. I think that it's really easy to get distracted because you're talking to someone through a phone, which is still like there's only so close you guys can be. So I'm not the most pro FaceTime. Claire, what are your thoughts? I 
I wasn't the most pro-face. Oh, no, I, I am the most pro-face time. Sav made a valid point. Like, whenever you're on the phone and then, like, you pause the FaceTime and go, like, do something else on your phone, like, you're really not actually connecting. However, the alternative point is that right now, that's all I've been doing. Like, literally, I... Okay, sorry if that abruptly cut off anywhere. Um, Sav lost connection, so I just edited the clip. I'm not quite sure where it cut off, but this is a new clip. And I just wanted to end the recording just so we don't leave you like that. Um, so we hope you enjoyed today's episode on connection and like the importance of like authentic connections in human relationships. Um, and like also the potential dangers of like false connection, but um anyways we hope you enjoyed and as always i forget what she says she's like kisses love she's like with love wait i forget it with love we love you the most i don't know sav's not here um but anyways we'll see you next week